Hello and welcome to Tokyo Inklings. My name is CY. You can find me on my website at tokyostationpens.com, on Instagram at tokyostationpens, and on Twitter at tokyostationmnh. And my name is Jacob. I am Foodafan on Instagram and on Twitter, and I have a blog at foodafan.com. All right, Jacob, it's、uh, episode 23. I'm very, very excited. It's one of the first episodes that we've been really able to record together,、um, you know, just the two of us after a while. I think it's been, you know, at least a month.、Um, so I'm really excited to get back to, to that kind of regular programming in a sense. And we, we've got some exciting stuff as usual for everybody、yeah. uh, on this episode.、Um, a lot of, I guess, news, but also.、Um, I don't know. It, it's some acquisitions. We haven't really acquired so many things, I think,、um, over the past few weeks,、uh, at least compared to our、uh, usual Yahoo auctions and Mercari sprees. But I see that you've put something on, on the acquisitions, and that's the streamline. So I believe this is from Maruzen. Yeah, so first of all, if you remember, I said that my, my New Year's resolution was to not buy any pens for the first、uh, quarter, and that lasted 15 days. So that's not bad, actually, 15 <laughs> days. Yeah, so I, I went on, on Mercari this morning and I saw one of those、um, Athena Streamline pens for just a fantastic price. Um, so, I had to buy that. I, I sent a message to you this morning, but then our discussion got,、uh, got distracted. So, I never got, got to <laughs> explain what I bought. So,、um, for, to explain why I'm interested in this pen,、um, just, just to step back a bit. I mean, we have talked about you know, Marazen and, and how influential Marazen has been to Japan, how they actually introduced fountain pens to Japan. Including、uh, Onoto, so De La Rue's Onoto, which was probably one of the most influential brands ever in Japan. Yep. And、um, Onoto stopped producing pens, or rather, De La Rue stopped producing Onoto pens in like 1958 or something like that. But, but Onoto was still popular in Japan at that time. So the Japanese pen makers kept making what they call the Onoto style, or like Onoto Gata pens, for a long time. And even today, the,、uh, There are still Onoto style pens made in Japan. And one of those brands was, of course, Marazen's own Athena. So back in the day,、um, Marazen had its own pen manufacturing. They had its、uh, pen factory in、uh, Tokyo, I think, in Shinagawa. But from the 90s, if I, if I remember correctly, they outsourced pen making to, to Pilot. So the Athena pens from the 90s are made by Pilot. And I think one of the earliest. Examples of these pilot made Athena pens w a s the Streamline.、Um, I, think, mm. I think it was、uh, Marathon's anniversary, the 125th anniversary,、uh, where、mm. they had the anniversary pen, and that was, I believe, the first、um, Streamline pen. And since then, they've made various iterations of this Streamline pen. I've, I've seen mentions of something called、like、Series 2 and Series 3. And actually, even today, if you go to Marathon's online store today, You can buy、uh, Athena Streamline pens, so they are still made.、Um, but I think the one I got, I'm not entirely sure because there was, as usual, a very bad photo and the, the description was not crystal clear. But I believe I got one of the earliest ones.、Um, mm. I will get the pen tomorrow, so I will have to take a closer look at it then and, and、uh, probably do a write up because I'm really curious. About、um, Marathon's history in general and this、um, Athena pen in particular. One thing I find interesting is how, how open they are about the fact that this is 
very much an homage to Onoto. Onoto. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's right there in the name. Like, the full name of this pen is Marusen Athena Streamline Onoto Model. So, Onoto Model is in the product name. Isn't Onoto still, like, a company today? Yes, so so there is a company that makes and sells Onoto pens, but it's not the original Delarue. I don't know the full history there, how, I mean, it was revived, I think, in the 90s or something like that. And I think Marazen may have been involved one way or another, but it's not the original Delarue. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, uh, I think there is a company that owns the the trademark to Onoto. Yeah. Um, but it's not the same, right? It's not the same, no. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not sure, uh, you know, I, I don't mean to contradict you. Um, I, I think Athena had their own factory where they made their own pens, but I, I think that part of their production was also offloaded to Pilot already. Um, and I say this because I think a, a lot of the other department stores, so for example, Mitsukoshi also had their own line of pens, um, and uh, also Matsuya had their own line of pens, and I think those were off, uh, outsourced to Pilot. And if you look at the the pens themselves, they're actually very similar to some of the old Athena pens. So I think you're probably entirely right that um, Athena, uh, sorry, Barzen made their own pens under the Athena line. So for example, the conical nibs were probably not made by Pilot, um, the steel nibs. But I think um, Pilot and Marizen's relationship did go back even to the 50s and 60s. That's possible. I haven't seen anything about that, but that may be true. But but it's very clear from the pens from the 90s and onwards is that you can you can see from the on the nib and on the feed. It's crystal clear that those are all made by Pilot. It may have been a mix before. I'm not sure. Yep. But since the 90s, there was it's clearly only Pilot. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you're absolutely right. Now it's uh, all pilot um, when it comes to the uh, Athena yeah. branding, except for the inks. I think that's kind of uh, that's kind of funny that the Athena inks are sailor, but the pens are pilot. Yeah, except that what I've heard was that some of their inks, like the not the eternal blue, but but their blue black was just rebranded pilot blue black. Uh, I haven't seen any sort of evidence. It's more more of a rumors, but uh, I think they don't have the the sailor smell. At least they didn't have the sailor smell. That's interesting, though. Then um, who's making the bottles? Because uh, those come in a set, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. And. Um, Marzen re-released some of their inks. Mm. So Lemon now, for example, comes in the same pill bottle as Blue Black. Marzen has used that that bottle design for well over 100 years. So, yeah. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying, right? Is, I mean, who's making the bottles for them now? Um, Are they getting, like, just, I don't know, gallons of ink and then they're re-bottling it themselves? Uh, I'm not sure. We need to to investigate further. (laughs) I think it must say on the back of a on the back of one of the boxes. It might do. I'll it check later. Do. Yeah. Um, so running off of that, I also got one new pen, which was totally an unexpected find. I was uh, at Kingdom Note uh, the other mm-hmm. day, um, picking up a pen for somebody else, and uh, I, I see this interesting section that I hadn't really noticed before. So um, a lot of uh, a lot of people are very concerned with, for example, some cosmetic uh, mm. issues. 
uh, of certain pens. And um, when you buy, for example, on Mercari or when you buy on Yahoo Auctions, very oftentimes you'll see that uh, they will say that the pen is a junk item. Yeah. So uh, that might include, for example, um, the person has no idea how to use fountain pens and never tested it and therefore it's a mm. junk item. Or it could be um, it has, I don't know, a small scratch on the clip and therefore it's a junk mm. item. And so um, I notice that there is a section called junk on uh, Kingdom mm. Notes uh, on, on the floor. And so I go over and I see this um, pinpoint uh, Rialo, the Amagairu, I think that's what it's called. Uh, it's this greenish um, Rialo. It, it's got a clear body with uh, a lot of glitter in it and... This really caught my eye because, um, first of all, it was in the junk mm. section and the sticker price on it was 5,500 yen. So that's $55. Mm. And I was like, oh, you know, if it's, uh, if it's something that I can repair, I could probably just take it in, repair it and, um, and sell it off. Mm. So I asked the, I asked the staff to show me this pen and they, they open it and they show me the pen. And first I was looking for the, the junk part, you know, what is junk about mm. this? So I, I twist the piston, it works. Um, I noticed that some ink had dried in there and, uh, some of it had gone to the back of the piston. So probably the seal is not 100% mm. the best. Um, but it, it seemed to me that it's possible simply that it's just dried ink and if it's wet ink it would probably seal a lot better um and then the second thing is that i noticed the piston connector uh one of one part was pressed against the inner barrel so you could see that there's this uh it kind of looks like water but it's it's not where uh you can see that it's not you know mm. even and I was like, oh, you know, if this is all that is, I have, you know, a spare part for the piston. So let me just try to make it work out. So I uncap the pen, you know, maybe there's a, there's something in there. And lo and behold, I find a zoom nib on this yeah. pen. And, um, you know, Sailor just increased the price of the zoom nibs by, I think, 5,000 uh, yen. So... Basically, in my mind, I, I thought, wow, this is basically, I'm paying mm. for the nib, and then the pen mm. comes free. So, I buy this uh, I buy this pen uh, with the full intention of selling it uh, later. I, I, I come home, uh, I open it up, and I start, you know, trying to figure out how I'm going to repair this when uh, Akane comes, and she says, oh, What's that pen? I was like, oh, you know, it's just a pen. I'm going to uh, fix it up and, and sell it. I got a really good price. And she immediately claims it. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I, I sold it to her for $20. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, I think anything shiny and glittery now, uh, I'm not sure if I can keep those long enough to sell anymore. <laughs> But we had an interesting discussion about this before, right? Because I think people have asked us too, like, are people swapping nibs in Japan? And, and in general, in our experience, the answer is no. So even if you found the pen mm. 
um, with a fantastic nib, which seems to be the case here. Um, it's not that common, it seems, to just take that nib and just swap it on, on, on another pen, like take sort of a, a boring black pen with a Naginata nib and stick it on some, you know, Pentanote pen. That doesn't seem to be very common. Yeah, not at all. I think um, a lot of people just prefer to use it out of the box, and I'm sure this is true for the Western audience too. I mean, not the really, really uh, NUMA people mm. like us, but... I think most people, yeah, uh, they probably have some hesitation. Yeah. And we we spoke about this, you know, nib grinding is n- is not really mm. a thing here. So the only person that's, the only people, I guess, really doing it are um, Nagahara. Mm. But that's really, really new. Uh, and I think he got the idea from going to pen shows in the U.S. Uh, you have pen and message. Yeah. And then you have the Wagner people. And We're not very good. Yeah, they're not very good. That does the whole separate discussion. But I have unsuccessfully tried to sell um, nibs. I, you and I, we, we together, we had a table at one of the Wagner events like, like two years ago, I think. And I think you yeah. had, if it was like Jovo or Canwright nibs or whatever it was, but you have ground them to like Architects and Naginata. And there were a lot of people who sort of were interested in them, but no one bought them. They, they didn't really know how to, how to use them, even though we tried to explain. And I had similar experience trying to sell nibs on the second-hand markets on Mercury in particular. Like Jovo nibs, no one wants them. Like uh, other kinds of nibs, like Canwright, Moonman, no one wants them. The only kind of nibs I've ever been able to sell in Japan have been a twispy nib units because it's so <laughs> interesting yeah because it's so easy to to swap them or so obvious i guess which uh, pens they fit and how to swap yeah um it's customization is not really a thing here mm. i think even um even hiroko you know i think the vast majority of our customers are overseas yeah yeah definitely yeah and, you know, speaking of nib alteration, there is an event today, uh, I think started yesterday, but um, today as well, and it uh, extends to tomorrow, that I'm very surprised is happening because the last time this event was scheduled, it got cancelled uh, due to COVID. Yeah. And the event is Mr. Nagahara's um, nib grinding event in um, in Omotesando at Bunga Box. Yeah. Now, last time, and we mentioned this on the podcast as well, um, Nagahara's, I think, daughter uh, was very mm. concerned about the outbreak of uh, COVID. Um, back then, we had, I think, 200-ish cases per day. And so she kind of begged her dad not to, to go to mm. Tokyo. So he still did the Hamamatsu one, but he didn't come to the Tokyo one. And uh, I think we were both signed up to, to do that one yeah. um, back then. And earlier, I think two months ago, uh, I got a notice from Bungbox saying, mm. okay, we're going to do the event again. And whoever had reservations last time, we're going to give them priority. So um, they asked me if I wanted to go. I, I, I didn't respond because I um, I kind of didn't want to go anymore. Um, I think you booked a, a slot as well. But what surprises me is that, you know, now we're having 2,000 cases a day, yeah. and he's still going on with the event. So I think that kind of shows mm. um, the COVID fatigue everybody's having uh, in Japan. Um, 
I mean, we are in a state of emer- so-called state of emergency, mm. but it's it doesn't seem to be deterring anybody. And I'm looking at pictures right now from mm. one of our friends who's uh, actually there at the event, yeah. you know, masked up. But you know, social distancing in in this boombox shop is is not very easy because it's the size is probably smaller than a toilet. It's a very small, <laughs> very small shop. Yeah, I think people. Uh, since Bongbok is one of the most well-known um, overseas, the most well-known uh, Japanese retailers, maybe people believe it's a big shop, but this is a tiny little shop in a, in a corner. It's in a hole in a wall. Yeah. There's some kind of barrier uh, that separates the mm. customer and and the uh, you know the grinder, but still, mm. it's. I mean, the, the ventilation is not good in there. Uh, I don't know. It's. I I just don't know if it's worth it. And Nagahara has increased his prices significantly. So if you look at his prices, I think last time uh, the advertised mm. advertised price was like what two thousand per pen. Well, it's it, which was too low. It's what well, it's different because he has four different price levels. No, but last time, the, the first time he did it, the the first time he did it two years ago in two thousand nineteen. I think it was um, two to three thousand per pen because he had just started and he was yeah. still with Sailor. I didn't go. I didn't go back then, so I I, I mm. never got to take advantage of those price levels. But last time when I went, you already had that. I think it started at three thousand just to get like like nib like ink flow adjustment all the way up to like close to ten thousand yen if you wanted a Concord or Naginata. Yeah. So now um, his price list is. Uh, 3,000 yen for what he calls maintenance. So you uh, basically just, you know, ink flow and um, maybe some smoothing, but he doesn't change the shape Mm. of the nib. And then you have these um, custom A, custom B, custom... Oh, no, no, yeah. It's um, yeah B custom, C custom, and D custom. And it's not clear to me what's what except for B custom. So B custom is a three thousand yen. That's the base price mm. plus four thousand yen for um, a size reduction. Yeah, and one size down is plus four thousand, mm. and then per size down afterwards, yeah. that's a plus one thousand yen. So yeah. if you have a B and you want to grind that down to, or or you know what, um, you know how Nagahara says it's best to grind needle points from like music nibs. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. So, so then that would be a three thousand yen base, right? Plus a four thousand, plus yeah. a music broad, medium, fine, extra fine. Mm. So that's like, that's like, hundred and twenty dollars. Yeah, and then he has one price level which I think is for stubs and italics and architects, but he doesn't use the word architect. He calls calls them Arabic, I think. Yeah, Arabics. And that's like six thousand yen in total, I believe. No, that's three thousand plus five thousand. Ah, okay, so it was okay. But then, but then yeah. the level after that is Concord and Naginata. Well, he doesn't use those names, but but it is Concord and Naginata. But now the thing is, um, I'm looking at the the price list now. In the in the five thousand one, there's something called NK and NDE, but I don't know what that means. Yeah, that's, that was interesting to me too because he recently, and we talked about this on the podcast, he did a video 
when he when he introduced his grind and and with the new names he had made up for us. So we talked, for example, about how he the has, yeah the beak instead of Concord and Nagahara special instead of Naginata, right? So that seemed to be the name that he he had decided on. But I don't see those names here. Or I see new acronyms that are unfamiliar to me. Yeah, I, I see the NP. Maybe that's the needle point. So mm. um, that's in the plus 6,000. So mm. that's a total of 9,000. Yeah. And then there's something called SEF, which uh, Super I, I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> but it probably does not mean soft, right? Because he, he is no. not a big fan of uh, soft nibs. Well, he wanted to do them. Uh, but in the end, I think he gave up. Mm. Um, and then there's this endpoint, which I think is the Nagahara special, mm. aka the Naginata, and that's um, cost separately. Mm. So he doesn't tell you the cost um, on the price list. And um, interestingly, the pen that I got from Kingdom Note, I think it might be destined to go to Nagahara, but. Uh, quite frankly, I'm not sure because mm. in order to get a Nagahara um, grind, so you can mail in your pens uh, to get a ground, but it, th- the process is so tedious. Yes, and I think that ties into the question you had before, why are they doing this now? So we know that Nagahara is doing this uh, mail-in thing, right? You, you, you fill out a form, uh, you send a pen to him, and then he does a grind. But as you say, that I mean, that's procedure is so tedious and i've looked at them we talked about it before i looked at them at the form several times and i've also given up in the end and i think a lot of people probably have done the same thing so maybe he's not getting that many and uh, that many orders and that may be one of the reasons why he's convinced to to get some business in uh, in uh, Montesando. that's such a uh, i don't know that that's such a um, domestic thing to do <laughs> well we're not getting enough orders so instead of changing the thing that's making us not get enough orders let's go do something else which is totally crazy <laughs> but i'm sure he has a lot, lot of fans in uh, in tokyo that have asked him repeatedly to to, to come and and i know i mean because I, i'm i'm going to tomorrow by the way or i have a slot tomorrow i'm most likely going but i remember when i booked it the, the slots were filling up very fast and if you look at uh, Bangbox Instagram post they emphasize that if you cancel please tell us early in advance because there's a long waiting list there's a lot of people who want a nib grind by Nagahara yeah I'm sure I, I mean he's a very he's a very good nib grinder you know yeah. he's he's got his reputation for a reason but uh, I don't know maybe maybe it's just me but I more and more fail to see the I'm less enticed mm. to to make the effort to go, especially now during COVID, mm. and especially with this increasing, um, you know, priceless. Because he's asking like nine thousand yen for a grind. That that's so hefty. And I know that um, pen and message, yeah. um, they are really expensive too. They're like eight thousand yen. It's like eighty dollars for uh for an italic grind, which mm. to me is just outrageous. But you know, that's what it is. Mm. Um, and because there is so few supply here, mm. um, I guess that's what people want to do. 
And interestingly, I think at Wagner, you can get something ground for like a thousand yen. Yes, but you get what you pay for. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we were sent a, a picture of um, a pelican that was supposed to be um, adjusted by Mr. Mori. And oh, goodness, what a disaster. Yes. But so going back to Nagahara, uh, there are two reasons why, why I want to go tomorrow. First of all, I have a list of questions that I want to ask Nagahara. And at, at the top of that list is about these Sailor Theta pens that I wrote, uh -huh. wrote a post about before. It's been so hard to find information online. I want to ask him if he knows anything about these, these you know, the, the brainwave pens, if he has right. any, anything. Um, another thing I want to ask him is about these... Um, the the green Wagner pens. I remember Morrison talked about how the grinds on these pens were not, you know, standard Naginata. If there is such a thing, but something, something new, something different. And I think you talked too about that. How how this was a grind that actually works in reverse writing too. So I want to ask uh, Nagahara, you know, how he would describe this grind and maybe get the same kind of grind. Mm, but uh, oh, but you have some uh, BB pilots, right? So you can do that. Yes, and, and that sort of leads to you know, the, the second reason I want to go. It's possible that I might actually get a bung box pen because if you, mm. if you look at the email that we got, it says, um, it says that if you buy a pen from bung box... You don't pay the 3,000 yen maintenance fee. Well, it says, Chosa uh, Muriodes. So if that only means... The three thousand, which is probably that that's the, the, the three thousand yen, you know, adjustment, then might not be worth it. But if it actually means any Nagahara service, then then it might be worth getting um, mm. a bang box pen and get a naginata on it. But I don't. Okay. Yeah, you're right. That's probably not the intention. But it, but if if that is the case, then maybe I will get an uh, Motosanda blue with a naginata, possibly, <laughs> possibly. But um, yeah, because I am looking at uh, Nagasawa's uh, Nagasawa's um, page where he's doing an event at the end of the month, mm. and it says if you buy a fountain pen that is over three thousand yen. Mm. Oh, sorry, no. If you buy a fountain pen from their store and get it ground, yeah, uh, right there, then the three hundred, uh, uh, the three thousand yen is free. Mm. Yeah, that that's, so, uh, makes more sense. Yeah. yeah, I mean, bring your BBs, bring your coarse nibs, uh, and you know, you get something interesting done on them. Yeah, I have a Pilot uh, Seven Four Three with a coarse nib. So my my idea, original idea, was to get um, a, a, a Kaiha like uh, Naginata B on it. Yeah, that would be interesting. So, we'll see. You should also ask him about the um, NBs on the Cohen. Ah, if if he knows anything about who's who's yeah. making them and and uh, yeah, yeah, could do that. All right. Um. So I think yeah, the state of emergency obviously hasn't affected the event at Bungbox, but we have some different events. Mm. Um, Wagner usually holds an event in I think what, February. Um, Itoya uh, had held their event last year. Um, in King King, mm. and uh, and then interestingly. Bunga Joshi, which we talked about uh, extensively uh, uh, several episodes ago, 
are holding an online event. So why don't we go down the list, uh, Wagner? Yes. So uh, we talked last year. I mean, we, we started this podcast during the state of emergency, right? And I remember there was this time when a lot of other events were canceled. So Kamihaki was canceled. Tonen Limit had planned um, an event at Okamoto, I believe, that was canceled. There were other events that were canceled. But the, the Wagner event, so the spring show and the pen trading, they were not canceled. And we were discussing what, what may have been the reason for that and how Morrison wanted to sell pens and so on. And we were a bit critical of their decision. But for that reason, it's quite interesting how Morrison has now decided to cancel the event that was planned today. So uh, they have this regular uh, club meeting. Uh, previously, those were in uh, Suidobashi. Now they are in Hamamatsujo, so the same venue as Tokyo Pen Show. And was meant to be today, but if you look at his blog post, he said that he is cancelling because there's an, another event at the same venue, so in Hamamatsujo. And it's going to be a lot of wakamono, young people, and he thought that's too risky for him. So he, and he mentioned that as the reason for the cancellation. Oh. So, so, All right. So I was a bit curious about that. What was this event? So I actually went to the the website for this Hamamatsujo venue, and the only event for today I can find is something uh, by CFA Japan. And CF, okay. CFA Japan is the Cat Fanciers Association. This is a cat show. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I can see why uh, he thinks that the, the cat show might have a lot of people. But, uh, that, that was too much for him, yes. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I haven't been following Mori for a while, to be honest. But that, uh, maybe I need to go read his blog. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Itoya? Yes, yeah, so I, I went to Itoya a few days ago and I asked about this Ink 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 event and uh, they, they told me that yes, they have no plans to do it this year. So Okay, makes sense. Which, which is not, I mean, that was, we expected that because we hadn't heard anything and, and it was about this time of year, last year, right, when, when they held the event. So, I think so, yes. yeah. And then Bungujoshi Online, I, I think this is very interesting <laughs> because. Um, in December, yeah. uh, there were 19,000 people in attendance uh, for Bungajoshi, the Bungajoshi Haku, which is, I think, easily the largest stationary fair in the world. Um, the previous year was uh, more than 33,000. Yeah. Um, but obviously, they were severely impacted financially. I mean, by the by the pandemic, that they decided to do a crowdfunding event uh, last year. We talked about this on the podcast. Um, and what's curious to me is that they decided just, I think, one month or two months after after the, the huge event mm. um, to do an online event. Mm. I think the idea is that some people who were not able to go to that event uh, in uh, November this gives them an opportunity to to buy something. Yeah. Um, that's the altruistic answer. The less altruistic answer is that they've discovered um, that online is still a huge avenue to to purchase. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, Akane is fully Numa now, so she she goes on the website and she picks out uh, several items that she wants, and um, and then she asks me to to go and help her buy it. You know, no problem. Uh, I have the links beforehand. You know, I expect there to be a lot of people um, trying to trying to purchase because just even their on their in person events are so so popular. Mm. So, you know, um, the the website was ready before the event, so you could see which items you wanted. Yeah. But sales sales starts um, are started at uh, noon that day mm. so um you know i open all the links uh a few minutes before noon and then as noon hits i ref- refresh the page and it just crashes and i finally got everything that i wanted to buy um it took me about 32 minutes to check out five items which is ridiculous but if you look on their instagram post you have all of these complaints about how the website just doesn't work Mm. like it's just not planned out properly i mean they should know that they're gonna get a lot of traffic because apparently they had done a mini event uh before Mm. online and it had super it just crashed back then but you know to to hold an event and then just to have it crash, um, I think Japanese uh, you know event organizers probably need to get on board faster with this whole online thing. Um, you know, for for it to crash, um, not being able to. So here are the problems, right? First, the page didn't open. Yeah. So you would load the page and it would load and it would load and it would load and then it, you would lose connection with the mm. server. So. If you are lucky enough to get the page to open, um, then you hope all the pictures load. So once they load, there's a um, add to cart button. But if you press the add to cart button, nothing happens. Mm. <laughs> so um, so you just furiously click it over and over and over again. And then about 10 minutes later, you'll have you know seven of these uh, in your cart. Mm. But putting them in your cart does not um, hold that item for you. So the item is only held when you actually finish uh, paying, which I, you know, I, I get it, right? But you can't see what items are sold out until you get to the payment screen. Right, right, right. So people didn't know if they were able to purchase the product mm. in their carts, and so it's a total crapshoot to get to the end because the add to cart button doesn't work. So it's like, you know, five to ten minutes on each page. And um, if I added, you know, f- five five items, mm. it took like, you know, 30 minutes to do. You know, that's just... I, I think that's just a result of um, the lack of experience with the online events. Yeah, I remember getting a, an, a message from you yesterday. You were furious and you said it was a disaster in all caps. <laughs> Yeah. It's a disaster. I mean, it 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 was awful. It was it was just awful. So and yeah, I remember I I went and checked when you said that, and, and I had the same experience. You went to the to the link from the from the Instagram profile, and then was like but page could not load, and you loaded, but but it gave up halfway. Uh, yeah, it, it it wasn't it wasn't a very good experience. Later in the day, and also 
today it's it's actually fine but predictably all of the um, uh, the Products items are sold out. yeah the, the things where pe that people wanted to buy they're all sold out now yeah so i think that's an interesting juxtaposition because i think bunga joshi actually hosts and organize some of the best in-person events mm. i've you know gushed about how well um, organized I think Inknuma is. I think Bungajoshi, I, I like their system of checkout in mm. person. But with the online events, they, I think they really need to step their game up because um, I think it's just so important to have happy customers, mm. especially if you're doing an event like this. Um, it, it's it's a, a bit of a disservice to the event and to the to the image of their brand. So, you know, that's just, um, it, it's a bit of a shame. Although they are the only, one of the only ones who are um, really doing online events with websites. What I appreciate about, about the Bongo Joshi event, if you contrast it to Tono and Limbs, is that at least you got everything in one place. Yep. Yep, totally. I think that's such a, that's actually such a big mm. aspect. But then the other problem... Now if they can get proper servers. Yeah, <laughs> that's that too. But the other problem that, that we discussed yesterday was the price, right? So mm. um, there seems to be a fixed price. Uh, what, what, it depends on where you are in Japan. But, but shipping to Tokyo or to the Kanto area was like around 1,000 yen. And it seemed as if it didn't depend on how much you bought. So I went to the website and there was some, I think it was a notebook for around 600 yen. That I was interested in, but I don't want to pay 1,000 yen shipping for a 600 yen notebook. Yeah, I, I bought about, uh, I think, almost $200 of stuff, mm. and it was still 1,000 yen. So um, I don't know why it costs so much to ship just a notebook, mm. because... Even if you bring it to like Yamato, right? Mm. I don't think that costs a thousand yen. No, definitely not. Especially if you if you send like documents or, or even notebooks, because uh, Yamato has this nickel post, which is mm. like a padded sort of padded envelope. That usually is around three hundred to four hundred yen, and that's that's mm. that's a shipping option that many of the rock sand stores offer. Yeah, and those are all free shipping, right? Yeah, if you if you buy more than a certain amount, usually you get free shipping. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I think that brings us to the end of the events yeah. uh, section. There's this item on um, Midori. And I apparently asked you before, and then I just forgot um, what it was. So then I asked you again. But you won't tell me what this is. So, uh, <laughs> you know, what what's what's going on with Midori? Yes, so so we, we we met up early this week, Wednesday, right? And you asked me what is Midori, and I explained that it was a fountain pen, and um, and uh, you seemed to <laughs> listen at the time, but but then you asked me again yesterday. So Midori, which is known for the the, the notebooks, Midori and the notebooks, and as we talked before about how Midori is under this design pill umbrella with you know traveler's notebook and um, and a plotter and others, they have come out with a fountain pen. So it's called the MD fountain pen, and it is 2,750 uh, yen. So it's roughly the same price as a Prera. And uh, there are sort of two selling points. One is 
it has a transparent feel. Now, many Chinese pens have transparent feels, and I think we even talked about that. And, and that's quite nice. So when you, when you ink up a pen, uh, mm -hmm. the feel takes the color of the ink, and it looks looks pretty cool. I'm not sure why. why, why I don't never seen a Japanese pen with a transparent feel. I'm, I'm not sure why, but I'm actually happy <clears throat> to see that that they're doing that. The mm. other thing is that the nib is curved, so they say. Kakudo uh, so, erabanai. So, so they, what they're saying is that the, because the nib is curved, uh, you will have like a smooth writing experience, no matter what at what angle you hold the pen. I'm not sure if if there's any truth to that, but that's what they're selling. Uh, the marketing is so it's fantastic. I mean, uh, so much like garbage like this on the internet and Midori, you know, such a well-respected company in stationery decides to come out with this product that I don't think anybody who was asking for this. And I'm not sure if you opened the page, but if you look, look at the pen, it, uh, I think what, what, I, what I told you before is that it looks like a Daiso pen with, with a platinum nib. It looks yeah, cheap. Uh, yeah. Uh, why not just use a, a Kakuno and be done with it? I mean, the, you know, that's what they should have done. They should have made lim uh, special editions of Kakunos. A branded Kakuno. Yeah, I agree. That that would be brilliant. Yeah, I mean, if they had that, that would that would be awesome. Yeah. But instead, they 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 came out with with this the thing. Um. And I'm reading the the details now. Mm. For some reason, they have uh, steel nib, M size, made in Slovenia. Yeah, for some yeah. reason, I didn't yeah. know. I didn't know Slovenia was uh, was famous for making nibs. And then their cartridge is made in Austria. So this uh, is probably uh, the same people who are making Mont Blanc's uh, inks. Yeah, I've heard about that too. That there's there's some big uh, ink OEM maker in Austria that yeah. that makes inks for a lot of manufacturers. And then you have to use European short size cartridges, mm. but the pen is long. Yeah, I wonder if if it fits two cartridges. I couldn't tell from from the photos. Yeah, and. You know why I think they should have just done a branded, you know, preppy or a branded uh, Kakuno is that you can find cartridges for those very easily. Mm. You know, to find a European type short size that's like so specific and otherwise they have supposedly their um, own proprietary uh, cartridges, which is probably, you know, just random OEM stuff. And you have two colors, which is black and blue-black. Mm. And when I think of, like, you know, people who bother enough to buy into the Midori lifestyle are probably not using those colors. Yeah, I agree that they're not as, as common as pilot cartridges. Yeah, I, I don't mind that as too much, but, but, but the whole pen looks cheap. And I think it sort of cheapens the brand. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm reading the description again. It says, with the uh, clear grip, you can enjoy the color of the ink. It's made for you to enjoy the color of the ink, mm. but the inks available are black and blue-black. 
That's true. That's true. Who designed this? They need to be fired. Ah, oh. <laughs> nobody wanted this product. Okay. Anyways, um, that's uh, that's Midori. Hilarious. Another hilarious pen is uh, Mr. Mori's uh, wooden pen, and uh, this is interesting because, um. I think Fine Writing International is for their 10th anniversary. They're making this wooden um, finestro. Yeah. And when you talk to Fine Writing about finestros, uh, I think um, I think they told you that it was meant to be used with a converter as well as uh, as eyedroppering, right? Yeah. So that's how they market the the pen. I'm a bit concerned because I think. Um, Wood and ink probably don't go well to each other. Uh, as in, if you eyedropper a wooden pen, it's probably destined for disaster unless you have some kind of special treatment. Yeah, if it, but if you look at there was an Instagram post by Fan Writing recently when they when they announced this tenth anniversary pen. And I think they said. That this is this is a wooden pen that you can eyedropper. So, so maybe on the inside yeah. th- th- there's some plastic or whatever. But yeah, the, there's always the risk that the end up, ink ends up elsewhere. Yeah, I read that as well. Um, and the thing is, only time can tell mm. if that's true. And I'm not going to be the person who tests that. Mm. Yeah. But then, but then, uh, Morrison and we had talked about this many times before. How he has commissioned various pens from fine writing over the last few years and this year apparently he is going to commission a wooden pen he hasn't said exactly what it's going to look like but it's going to be a wooden fenestro um jacob i i think i i get it i think the barrel is actually all plastic and the wooden part is um a sleeve mm. yeah that that would mean you could eyedropper it but then Morrison is saying that you still might end up with ink stain maybe on the outside. Maybe that, that's his idea. So, so he, in his yeah. view, you probably need to coat the pen with, I think he used, I think said, said B-wax or something to, to, to keep the ink from uh, staining the, the wooden parts. Yeah. And he had a great solution for it, didn't he? Yes, so he said that the manufacturer, the fine writing, is not going to do that, and he's not going to do that. But he says that the the the, the buyers, the users, should do this themselves, and this will be fun. It'll be fun. Coat the pen yourself. <laughs> Make your own pen. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I mean, I I really love fine writing uh, as a company and as a brand. They they do incredible stuff yeah. you know their their um non-production lines are just awesome yeah. they're awesome right i think they have the most innovative um silversmiths that are working with them for their clips uh their stuff is is insane i really loved also the bronze age yes uh, i like the dark age i'm not a fan of the finestro Right. So, so what they told me was that there were there were two complaints about the the uh, the brass pen. One was that it was too heavy, and the other one was that people did want to use 
cartridges and converters and it look, doesn't look that nice in, in a big like transparent barrel so, so those were the two problems they wanted to solve with with a fenestra yeah i understand that um but i think you know that means you make a different line because there are a lot of people who bought those pens specifically because it was very heavy mm. And because you could eyedropper and have the ink sloshed around, yeah, I think those are just two different pens. They're, they're not for the same market. Yeah. So, you know, like I'm a buyer of the of the Bronze Age and the uh, and the Dark Age, but I'm not a buyer for the Finestro. Mm. The buyer for the Finestro wouldn't be the buyer for for the Bronze Age and the Dark Age. I also wonder if there were some kind of production difficulties. I I, I vaguely mm. recall something about the uh, the third generation in particular was difficult difficult to make. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I wish that they retired the um the planets series rather than the brass series yeah yeah because yeah. then you have a you have a plastic pen um that's that's great right and then you have a brass pen that's great as well mm. there's one interesting thing about fine writing's 10th anniversary pen the, the 10th anniversary the wooden fenestra i'm not sure if you noticed that but the regular fenestra has a number six size nib this the anniversary one has a number five size, like arrow nib. Uh, I think those. Oh yeah, they're they're number five size. Mm. Yeah, they're arrow nibs. Yeah. In fact, I've seen a lot of custom pens from fan writing with these arrow nibs. They, they seem to be a big fan of those nibs. Mm. Okay, so um, I don't think we have so much time left. Right. So let's go to just. Uh, we want to do more Q and A questions, but let's just do. Uh, two of them. Um, so the first question we have is uh, how much collectors, so um, how do collectors in Japan like Urush pens? Do they prefer custom, like Bokmondo, or do they prefer pens from big name manufacturers? And this question is from, who is this question from? Ah, this is from just V-Rob. <laughs> ah, okay, okay, okay. So, thank you for the question. Um, I think in a similar... Um, we, we kind of talked about it uh, earlier in this episode, but I, I think a lot of Japanese collectors really have a strong preference to what um, is made by big brand manufacturers. Yeah. I think, um, in a way, they, it's, um, it's kind of like a wiener comparison contest. There's a bit of that. Because they, there, there's this kind of like pride, say, if I'm going to buy a, a Makia pen, I'm going to buy from pilot from namiki mm. and look at you know um look at my awesome makia pen there isn't a lot of i want to find the perfect pen for me with the design that i really love yeah it sh- should be like, like a pen with, with a history a, a, a pen with a story yeah um 
and I'm talking about just at the makia level. Mm. Um, and then on the colorful resins level, I think that's much more, uh, you know, up for customization. But I think while customers like um, custom products, they still want it to be attached to some kind of a brand mm. or some kind of a retailer, like um, like your Pentanote or your Usagiya. So those sell out really quick. But if you get um, a customized, I don't know, from some pen maker, let's mm. say you had a Sean Newton to remake a King of Pen, and then you ask them to pay the price that it costs to make that, mm. um, I think that's... In the US, I think that would go almost immediately. And here, it would be much harder to move. Yeah. Yeah. You, you do sometimes see at this Wagner event, for example, you see some people who are showing off their, their, their custom Urushi Makie pens. But in those cases, uh, the... The Rushi and the Maki is made by very famous, very well-known Wajima artists that have been doing this for like 50 years and they have like a multi-year waiting list. They're, they're, there's a very well-known name. And although, I mean, in, in our circles and in, and in the West, Bukumundu is, is getting more and more popular. It's not, this is sort of a different level. I think these are people who spent their entire life doing nothing but, but Maki and they have really made a ma name for themselves, not just in the pen community, but in, in the Urushi and Maki community in general. Yeah, I think it's like the um, the Matsuda Maki that showed up at Tips. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff uh, we're talking about if, if they go for that. And Matsuda didn't have a good time at Tips. <laughs> That's possible. I mean, from from what I could see, anyways, I, I'm not sure of the exact numbers, but I didn't see anybody buy anything from that table. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Okay, and then uh, the second question, the last question of the day: How often do you change ink in your favorite pens? Do you always write a pen dry, or do you dump an ink if you don't like it? And this question is from. This is from Jake. All right. Thank you, Jake, for the question. Um, I think you and I have different answers. I don't usually dump ink, um, mm. I would say. Uh, what does happen is, that, let's say, I recently I inked up a Pilot Custom 743 with a fine nib with some blue-black ink and, and I got bored with it after a while. So what I did was I took the converter and stuck it on my 742 with, with a double broad nib and then I, I emptied the, the, the um, converter in half an hour or so. Mm, so I, okay, I, I, okay. I swap converter or swap nibs to... to get to the link faster i don't dump it yeah so uh that's interesting i usually i have so many pens that if i'm bored with an ink i just pick up a different pen mm. um and if i feel like i'm never going to finish writing with that ink then i do dump it out but i have like 200 bottles of inks right now in my other room so that's probably why I'm okay with the ink out. Um, I hesitate, and then I dump it out. For some reason, I I, I feel 
less hesitant about dumping ink when it's a sample, which which it seems strange because that, if it's a yeah. sample, then there's less of it. But if it's a sample, then I haven't sort of committed to that ink. I haven't bought a bottle. And and usually that's it's, interesting. And usually someone giving me some toner and limbs ink sample that is just too uh, too light to to even use for normal writing. Yeah, I have no problems dumping out toner limbs. In fact, I'll dump it out from the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I think uh, I think that was a good episode yet again. Yeah. Thank you so much, everybody. Um, for our one-year anniversary, which is coming up very soon uh, in March, um, I'm thinking of creating some kind of a Patreon membership uh, kind of way uh, in order to help us finance this project. Um, but meanwhile, there is no direct way for you to contribute monetarily um, to this project. Uh, and the reason why I want to bring this up is because hosting a podcast does cost money. It, um, it does cost money to, to pay the servers, uh, to pay hosting fees, to pay the website. And also, you might have noticed that um, we're trying out uh, different ways to record as well. Uh, we want to do better live recordings and the setup that we have right now just is not, um, is not good enough for us to really, uh, you know, do live recordings at a crisper, uh, audio. So, you know, we, we do want to do that. Um, that's kind of like a future project thing, but in order to, uh, get there, we will need your support. Um, Jacob and I, we've talked a bit about ads before um if it's you know something that's wise to do uh my personal opinion is that i don't really want to do ads i think the concept of um of advertising on podcasts it, it, it's a bit weird it's a bit like asking you to give us money uh because you liked somebody else's product and we want to make a product that that you like and that you think is good enough to to really contribute to so we're thinking of a patreon um, project uh, sometime in the future but as of now there is a way for you to support our show and that way is by telling your friends and that way is by writing a uh, review um, giving us uh, a rating on itunes or on spotify or wherever you can give us a rating that helps us uh, really reach new audiences. It helps other people discover this podcast and also helps us build up uh, a community around the Japanese and greater um, Asian stationary scene. We want to be able to bring more content to you, more information to you. That's why we started this project. And your support will be very, very critical in helping us expand that vision and to reach um, the goals that we want to reach for the podcast. So as always, thank you so much. You are the reason why this podcast uh, is even possible. And, uh, and tell a friend, spread the word, and hopefully we'll be doing this for a long, long time. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Nothing to add to that. <laughs> All right, so um, with that said, my name is CY. You can find me on my website at tokyostationpens.com, on Instagram at tokyostationpens, and on Twitter at tokyostationmnh. And my name is Jacob. I'm Fudafan on Instagram and on Twitter. I have a blog at fudafan.com. Bye-bye. Bye.